Southern Vanguard Radio. This is DJ John Doe, and to the left of me is my man. <laughs> Yoda lay he <laughs> cappuccino. <laughs> What's up, y'all? What up, man? How are you, Meeks? Oh, man. Just trying to make it through the day. I hear you, my brother. Next question. Well, this this actually this episode and uh, th- this here interview session and episode one seventy two of Southern one seventy two of Southern Vanguard Radio yeah. marks a new day. Oh man! At, 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 you know at least, I love a new day. At, at least at least as far as I'm concerned, you know I love a new so, day. So 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 real quick, mm. you know, it, it, it's nothing dramatic, but. You will you will notice some changes here at Southern Vanguard Radio, at least at least from John Doe's perspective. Are we and, on uh, some Sam Cook shit? A change oh, gonna come. Change gonna come. We're a little bit different, so uh, we're not gonna get really. I was really... born on a river. <laughs> I'm sorry, homie. <laughs> we're not gonna get super into it, but I'm gonna give you the, in a little the, the, tent. The, the, the... I I'm love sorry. that. I love that song. Oh, uh, we're gonna get into it. Just a just a tinge just a tad so f- for those of you, you that are that are fans of the podcast you know that meeks and i you know intermittently kind of randomly we'll talk about our personal life and our family life and you know long story short and you know well f- first off just to kind of set the table i i from here on out i will only be talking about my family in very generic terms so for example mm. When I talk about my kids, I'm going to call them offspring. I'm not mm. even going to call them son or daughter mm. or youngest son or oldest daughter. I'm just going to call them offspring, for example. So we're going to use very like generic that. terms for speaking about my family. And the reason we're going to do that is because, I, and I'm, I'm not going to name this person either. Mm. We're just going to say that I got an email from a family member mm. this past week that was concerned about, how this podcast might affect our family. Mm. And um, you know what? From here on out, I'm going to talk about my family when we do, which is very little, actually, mm. in very, very ultra-generic terms. You know what, homie? I'm going to call you. with that? I'm going to call you on that, and I see your very generic terms. <laughs> I'm not going to even talk about my family. Oh, there you go. Because <laughs> apparently... I don't have the right to say shit about my motherfucking family, whether it's true or false or whatever you want to call it. I'm not going to say a goddamn thing. Well, you know thing. what? That makes everything easier. We just won't talk about our families, period, anymore you know from here on out. Fuck Can it. we agree on that? Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? So for those of you that liked our it's little- been a long, <laughs> Like their little family stories. Long time coming. We're just cutting that shit. It's just going to be it's going to be the most- Change going to come. Oh, yes, it will. Oh, I mean, the shit talking is about to ratchet up. I mean, just- Oh, man. there we go. There we go. All let's right, go so let's home. get that out of the way. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you about your weekend. Mm-mm. You're not going to ask me about my weekend, Mm-mm. but we Don't are going to tell it. the folks that are tuning in Don't that this it. is Southern Vanguard Radio. We drop twice a week. On Tuesdays, it's a mixed show. On Thursdays, it's an interview session with a DJ or MC or producer or A&R, behind-the-scenes something or another. Yeah. And that means most most likely we drop twice a week. So Tuesday's mixed show, mixing out popping shit, playing all the latest and greatest hip-hop, no cut-ups, spliced up, whatever. 
just you know having a grand old time, drinking some bourbon, drinking some beer, doing whatever. And then on Thursdays, it's pretty much the same, except we're just having an extended conversation with someone we fuck with. Boy, we ain't got enough bourbon tonight. No, we don't. Well, that is hunter proof. I we shot. <laughs> I'm sorry, we shot. I'm finna. Matter of fact, I'm gonna let you handle this. I'm finna run you- to the liquor store right <laughs> quick because this ain't gonna make. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> All right. So you can listen and follow and subscribe and tell a friend uh, to tell where a to friend. find us on SoundCloud, uh, MixCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Apple Podcasts. So please subscribe and like and reshare and repost please. on all those platforms. We would greatly appreciate it. Please. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. You yes. can go find us. Just look for us. Yes. And on uh, Mix, we have a couple other folks, actually, that... That help us out with you know getting this getting this thing to 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 other people right no doubt atlhiphop.com i am classicrawradio.net wrbb return to boom bap radio all three of those here in atlanta and we got a west coast connect uh soul public radio out on the west coast yeah what's up witch is that it that's it man that's all of them that's all we're gonna get into it let's go we're gonna do an interview session let's go all right and now and the from pro- West Texas. <laughs> hey! Oh, we might we might have to break out that car by way of by way of Dallas. Now, <laughs> typically don't say good shit about Dallas, but this is a good goddamn good old boy right here out of <laughs> Dallas, Texas. Tonight, right here on Southern Vanguard Radio, Rob Victor. Woohoo! Rob. Well, uh, What's up, man? <laughs> I, I that's uh, absolutely the most uh, amazing intro that I've ever had. <laughs> yes, it only get better if you tell me you're not a Cowboys fan. I am absolutely not. Okay, this is my man right here. <laughs> we can talk. Let the interview begin. <laughs> I live here. I'm not from here. Okay, where you from, Rob? Uh, I was born in a shitty small town called Amarillo. Ah, okay. Um, Is Amarillo shitty like that? Um, let's just say it's not culturally diverse. Uh, <laughs> damn, you would think a town that rhymes kind of rhymes with armadillo would be all right. Mm. I guess not. You'd think so. Yeah, you would. Now, if damn. now when I look at this motherfucker, when I look at Amarillo, Texas, <laughs> oh, that shit. motherfucker's in the middle of nowhere, right, Rob? <laughs> is it really? Yes, it is. It absolutely is. <laughs> I mean, is that, it a one horse town? Is that what we talk? I mean, about? let's just say well, it's lucky that I forty and I twenty seven intersected. Otherwise, it'd be fucking really, literally, like in the really of nowhere. nowhere. God damn! Yeah, it's um, yeah, because I forty is major. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a it's it's a hub for all sorts of activity, none of which is good. Mm. There you go. Some cartel shit popping off. Talk to me, Rob. Um, well, nuclear weapons, all oh, sorts of stuff happened shit. there. Yeah, Amarillo, man. I like. We have to party at Amarillo. Yeah, that. man. I mean, there's, you know, Texas is really interesting. Rob, I, I spent a little bit of time there um, on some uh, for. Can I say? Well, you know, I'm not talking about my family anymore. Can I talk <laughs> about my work life? I guess I can. I've I spent a little bit of time there for work, and um, I just did not realize how much gangster shit was going on in the middle of the country from. Oh, man. Like what he, what Rob just mentioned, yeah. From obviously, you know, the cartel shit, the Mexican Mexico shit. Oh, I go the, down and take. Dude, the though. fucking um, you know, um, I spent some time in Oklahoma as well, and I, I learned the backstory on 
basically how the internet was founded. Mm. And it, a lot of it started right there in the middle of the country with, um, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, you may know this story, but uh, basically it was like abandoned uh, pipelines. They basically, I mean, think about it. You got all this conduit, mm-hmm. like these big ass pipes buried, you know, super below the earth. For oil. For oil yeah. or whatever they may have been transporting at the time. Yeah. And eventually they got a, there were a, there was like an abandoned network and they used it for telecommunications and eventually like broadband and internet and all that. Yeah, it go down right. in Texas. And all I'm yeah. going to say about Oklahoma is Black Wall Street. And then y'all can do whatever the fuck y'all want to do with that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, the middle of the country ain't no hope. No, I'm gonna tell not. you, well, it's some real but, shit. Tornadoes don't come through that motherfucker for 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 the fuck of it. They, they yeah, do that shit um, for a reason. It's it's an interesting place to grow up. That's for sure, man. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about that a little bit. Like, what is like you 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 well off into this hip hop shit, Rob, and you from mm-hmm. Amarillo? Mm-hmm. What? Come on, man. Tell me something. Okay. But how did how did any of that even happen? Man, it's so I was fortunate enough that I had a father. Um, well, I, both my parents were very, very liberal. And um, my father was a playwright and musician. OK. And we traveled to New York quite often for him. Got to do it. And there would be weeks at a time where I would be staying with family friends and stuff and I wouldn't even see them. So I consider a lot of my growing up to be in New York. And so a lot of the things that a lot of the things that I fell in love with and grew up with were I was exposed to at an early age in New York, you know, like late eighties, New York. So one of the things I fell in love with immediately was hip hop Mm -hmm. and my mom's trying to get me to play piano and shit. And <laughs> my dad's like, you need to play these drums. And I'm like, okay, I'm cool with all of that. But these turntables look like where it's at. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my dad, you know, my dad was really cool about it and he embraced it. And he bought me my first, my first four track recorder and my first uh, set of techniques. Nice. Um, and it just kind of went from there, man. That's um, I would buy records by the, by the boatload when we go to New York when I when I wasn't in school had to I would come back and just learn how to mix and stuff like and this was you know of course this was before the internet and shit so I had to learn while I was there anything that I wanted to learn past that I would just have to figure out on my own because man there's nobody in Amarillo turn doing anything related to sampling or turntabling yeah. right you know, turntablism in Amarillo Texas at all at right. least at that point right. Yeah, that sounds about like my uh, my experience. I, I grew up in the middle of bumfuck uh, Kentucky. Good old uh, Kentucky. And I, I br- pretty much taught myself. Every, everything I learned, I was self-taught until I hit college and met a few like-minded individuals that were doing the shit I was doing. Yeah, I'll, Man, I'll never forget when I was in middle school, I found out what uh, Pete Rock was using to make beats. Mm-hmm. And man, I mowed so many fucking lawns. And all sorts of wild shit to just stack dough. Yeah. So yeah. I could buy this thing that I had no fucking clue what it was called an SP 1200. Yeah. I had no fucking clue what that thing was, but I knew Pete Rock was using it Man. to make beats. And so I was like, fuck it. That's what I need. Dude, and then there was this fucking. Are you me- talking about mowing lawns in Texas? Yeah. I'm in, in the middle of. 
bum fuck nowhere, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're not talking about no half acre type shit either. No, no. We're, I mean, you know, like <laughs> yeah. big ass yards. <laughs> <laughs> I already know. I already Cadillacs know. Cadillacs with horns on the front of them oh, and shit. Oh, man. Yeah, Boss man. hog shit. I got mm-hmm. you. God damn. Yeah. That's awesome. I, That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's and awesome. I buy an SP1200 that had to be mailed. It had, they had to like look through a fucking catalog to yeah. find it. Yeah. Because these fucking guys had no idea what that shit was. They're like, would you like to buy a guitar? No. No. (laughs) I don't want a fucking guitar. I don't want a horn. I want this this box that's slanted (laughs) with buttons on the top of it. I want this shit. Can you get it or can you not? You're wasting my fucking time. I already know how that transaction went. And let me just say that parental support is everything when it comes to this hip-hop shit. Because for me... It just came out of nowhere. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect my mom to be nowhere near cool with this shit. Yep. But when you wake up Christmas morning and you got long live the cane and Bismarck is going off and your mm-hmm. and your Christmas stocking, I'm mm-hmm. like, she fucking with me. I'm gonna see how long I can I can milk this shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, and and for me that was like. That was like me on some MC shit. So to get a Kane record for Christmas, like the first yeah, shit, huge. like in 88, 87, mm. 88 or whatever it was, that was the beginning of it all for me. So parental support is everything. We always tend to ask that question at the top. Yours yeah. is very interesting, though, yeah. man, because of uh, uh, the geographics of it all. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Now, like John said, Kentucky, I'm from Memphis. You know, Texas is a monster. Like, yeah, man. I'm just like, you know, we should be talking to Rob, the banjo specialist. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, Rob. So, so what kind of crazy shit did you see in the late '80s going to New York, man? Like, do, do you remember anything specifically? Oh, yeah, fuck yeah, I remember. So, an- another thing that was, you know, just my parents never shielded me from anything either, which I was oh, very fortunate. I love to- that, man. Oh, I love that. So, like, just world events and things like that. I was, I was hip to, you know. Like, I was aware of, I was aware of the Cold War and all that wild shit was going on when I was a kid. Like, maybe that made made me like hyper anxious or something as an adult. But I remember specifically things that were happening around me at all times at that age. Like, I remember seeing, you know, people. People getting, you know, mugged and shit in New York as a kid. I remember that. Wow. But growing, you know, like being, you know, like born in Amarillo, like you don't see shit like that any (laughs) at all. So just the, the, the hyper difference between the two worlds that I was living in was it was it was crazy. Man, it was crazy. But what about on some music shit, though, most people that I grew up with? Right. But what about on some music shit, Rob? I mean, so you're, you're seeing people get mugged, but like, are you, are, is your brain just exploding? You're, you're walking around New York in the late eighties, probably early nineties. Like, are you just going crazy? Like what? Well, you know, I had, you know, I had cousins and shit. Um, okay. And we would, we were listening to, we were listening to, you know, like it was really kind of before like blend tapes and stuff. Okay. Like we were, we were just listening to, you know, like the radio 
But I specifically remember when when everything kind of changed for me in New York, when I was like when I became aware of what what was going on um, was the day that um, Gangstar's Daily Operation record came out. Woo! Oh, shit. That was that was the that was kind of the album that kind of changed the course of my entire world. Yeah, I would imagine New York was on fire that day. Yeah, and I, I remember specifically the day that I bought the album. I remember everything. I remember the temperature outside. I remember everything about that day. That's ill. Crazy. That's I remember a rat the size of a dog running out of the yeah. music store that we were that I bought that that record in. Now, now, Rob, did did you realize at the time that Premier was from Texas? Did you know that? Had no clue. Had no clue. Okay. Like you know, just before the internet. Right, you know, okay. so like uh, had no way of knowing that type of stuff. Uh, I think I was probably in college before I even knew that. Yeah, I think he went to school at Prairie View or some shit. Yeah, he did. Wow, he did. Yeah, he's from Houston. Yeah, he's from Houston. He's from Houston. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Damn. Yo, man, my first trip to New York. The first hour I was in New York City, I saw a male hooker get picked up in Times Square by two women. <laughs> I saw a homeless dude climb down into the sidewalk through a metal grate and then asked me for a cigarette. (laughs) And all I wanted to do was get in the hotel room at that point. I'm just like, you know what? This is a little too much for me. Yeah. yeah, we got in the room. My homeboy, yo, man, we finna go out get some forties and walk the streets. I was like, okay, I'm gonna hold the room down. Y'all can yeah, have y'all that good, shit. Yeah, y'all got me yeah. fucked yep. up. I've seen enough. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw real New York because I, I went there as a kid on some tourist shit. But the first time I saw real New York and I saw a motherfucker in broad daylight, one p.m., fucking three hundred people walking down the street just. Just holding himself up against a wall, just taking a piss on the sidewalk. I was like, God, mm-hmm. yeah, that's damn. New York City. <laughs> that's uh, that's New York, man. That's New York City, mm-hmm. New well, York. <laughs> that's what Sinatra was singing about. Yeah, right. <laughs> if I can, if I can make it there, I make it. In. If I can piss right here, yep. I'll piss anywhere. <laughs> I'm telling you. So so Rob, what what uh what what made you think you could do this shit, man? I mean, you were kind of telling the story with, you know, you saw Pete Rock had a had a SP twelve hundred, you probably saw I don't know, an S nine fifty maybe in there too, or I don't like yeah, what when, made you think you could do this shit, man? When did you when did you hit your stride with all this brand new unknown equipment? Um I I was never really good at anything. Like <laughs> I was not good at sports. I was not, I was, you know, I was not, I wasn't really good in school. Like, because I wasn't just, I just wasn't interested in any of that shit. You know, mm-hmm. there wasn't anything that, uh, that attracted to me, any, anything like that. So something about what that music was that I was hearing and wanting to do that inspired me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, this is, this is what, this is what I'm here for. This sounds so stupid, but I literally knew that that's what I was meant to do. Mm. Like I, that no, daily I operation record is what made me want to make beats for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's not stupid at all. But I mean, I don't, I don't know why I thought that I could do it. I just fucking did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was fucking 
garbage on that SP 1200. I didn't know what the <laughs> fuck was going on with that thing. I had no clue. I ain't never heard nobody say they was garbage on the SP. That's I crazy. The only the only thing close to that is John talking about his his first venture on the tables. But mm-hmm. what helped him was he had people around him telling him that nah, that ain't it, homie. Yeah, I did. Yeah, my <laughs> yep. man Nate. Thank God for my man Nate. Who did just... you did you have people telling you you was garbage, or you just knew for yourself? I just knew it was trash because I was listening to other records. And I was like, this shit don't sound nothing like that. <laughs> hey, now let's be clear. Let's be clear. I, I had an SP twelve hundred for a very short amount of time. I mean, turntables is one thing, right? Right. Yeah. An SP twelve hundred, like. I, you know, people wax nostalgia, you know, about all this shit and the SP and S950 and all these samplers of days past, right? Mm-hmm. And people have their, you know, their favorites and whatever they do. I had an SP1200 for about two or three years. Mm-hmm. Yo, man, when you actually sit in front of that motherfucker and you're trying to figure that shit out, yeah. even when you have some context, because my first sampler was an EPS 16 plus. Yeah. So I had some, I mean, you know, if that's the if the SP twelve hundred is the first joint you have, yeah, man, you're looking at this thing like, man, they lying to me. Fucking Pete Rock mm-hmm. and Large Pro, these motherfuckers are not using this shit. Yeah, it's well, hard, you know man. I think some of the advantage that I had with that was that I didn't know that the S nine fifty was the combo. Oh, uh, like, yeah. I didn't know people were doing that, so okay. I was literally having to like really sample it like you know like at 45 yeah mm-hmm. or you know like you could sometimes flip a 78 if if the song itself was fast enough yeah but i didn't know that there was external equipment you could hook up i didn't know there was another sampler that you could hook up to it and just use the sp for <laughs> yeah. the drums i had yeah. no idea <laughs> that so man, everything i was doing was just off those pads yeah that was more yards that need to be mowed man like yeah and <laughs> <it's crazy. laughs> That and was, by the time I had the SP, I was like, fuck yards, man. I don't, I don't even try to mow no yards. I got this thing in front of me now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I did my fucking business. Let's do it. Man, uh, that's crazy. That's dope. Yo, man, uh, you still do both right now, uh, if I'm not mistaken. You're still a DJ. You're still a producer mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yep. Just the way that you came up and to where you are now, do you prefer one over the other or are they both equally a part of your life? Um, it's weird because especially living in Dallas, um, my DJing is more of a, it's more of a, um, therapeutic thing for me. Okay. Um, because like I, I, I DJ in two different worlds. I DJ in clubs, like full on mumble rap stuff Mm. that I have to stay on top of. Um, but I also have like passion stuff that I DJ, like, um, there's a, there's a place out here called Sandaga and they book me to do what I like. So I don't ever get bothered, but people don't come up and ask me for certain stuff. I just, I just play what I want to play. Okay. So I could, you know, like it could be anything from, you know, I could be spinning Conway for one minute and the next minute I'll go right into, you know, like music soul child or something like it's just, I get to play music that I don't normally get to play. Does that make sense? So I get to, yeah, I get to that's your, oh, the, yeah. 
that's your that's your that's your freedom that's your freedom right there that's your that's 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 your that's your moment to like like really really be who you are i get it yeah yeah rob i didn't realize you you were djing like in the clubs though like that yeah and i don't really and this is just me being an asshole i don't really talk about it i don't i don't it's the, I don't promote it, you know, like those type of places just kind of they promote themselves and shit. So it's like I don't yeah. even bother. Are these the uh the residencies that you holding down? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I always wondered how uh residencies work. Like I get it, like, you know, you could get hired out in Vegas to to do your thing or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what what is at its I don't know, at its core, uh, a DJ residency. A DJ residency, it like with all the glitz and glamour things that they put on it, all it is is just you have a Friday night gig that you have until people stop fucking with you. Okay. When it when it's dead, you're dead. Yeah, basically. I mean, you know. Okay. But people will argue the fact that it's a DJ that brings the people in. And in some cases it is, you know, like if you have a big name DJ that's that, you know, that's been, that's been doing the club circuit for a while, like that, that name will bring in some people, yeah. you know, but a club is known for the way it appears to the public. Like people, mm-hmm. people, people don't go, Oh, let's go to this club because so-and-so is DJ in there. They always go, Hey, let's go to this club. They've got great bottle service. You know what I mean? Like right, that's, yeah. that's, that's the way it is out here. No, I, I think that's probably about, that's about right. I want to experience this, man. I want to go to Dallas and hit a fucking hit hit one of these fucking trap joints with Rob, and then go to and then go to and then go to the, go to the real no, shit. No. I do. I really. I want to experience this, man. No, I'm gonna. Have I do. To, uh, I'm gonna <laughs> it's have you to. know, and I'm not gonna lie, man. Like, I'm not. I don't. I don't dislike the state that hip hop's in. Yeah. Because when I'm spinning it, I see people enjoying it and having a good time. And that just reminds me of when I was listening to shit coming up and enjoying it and having a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, it's a weird thing for me now. Do I jump in the car and listen to the latest thing that's cracking? No, I don't do that because right. yeah. it's not what I'm into. I just have to stay on top of it so I can know what the fuck's going on, you know. It has its place in your life, yeah. And that, and, and well, that, dude, do you remember when Puff Daddy and shit was out? We hated that shit. Oh god, yeah, I, I pray was, for that shit now. I, 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 I hear yeah. fucking Ja Rule come on to fucking old school stations here. Oh, in Atlanta. that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. can't do it if I could. If that could be the, if that could be my biggest problem right now on the radio, I would love to have. Yo, fucking ja I heard, Rule I heard bad, 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 bad boys. Oh, you heard that shit today? Jamming. I was like, damn, that shit sound all right, man. <laughs> We, but at the time, at the time, at the we time thought it was, was some bullshit. Devil. Yeah, yeah, it was. It wasn't. It was. It was tolerable at the least. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, okay, Mace. You know, he's seen better days, but <laughs> this is. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yo, you I know who was you, saying man. the same shit was uh, St. Nack. Rob, we interviewed St. a couple weeks ago, and he was saying the same shit. How he, you know, he loves seeing all the young kids just fucking go crazy because. You know, he, he knows kids like that in, in, you know, in the hood. And he just, yeah. <clears throat> he can appreciate it for what it is. So, yeah. I mean, am I going to participate in it myself? No. Sure. But sure. I, yeah, yeah. I can watch them afar. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, so, Rob, what was your, what was the first kind of like, uh, what was your first official 
like outing uh like dj wise and or kind of like you know pr- producer wise like did you were you were you kind of perfecting the craft for a number of years before you finally started getting out there or how did that end up shaking out um my first real like my first real experience was with um i'm trying to i'm trying to remember like what my first like real placement was um y'all know who vzilla is yeah, he's a, isn't he um uh AOTP AOTP guy cat or something, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's from Houston. Okay. Um, and that was my first foray into like like undergroundhiphop.com era days. Okay. That was the first time like I ever really got anything that was half, halfway noticed. Because he had an he had a little little thing bubbling just the way he was, his presence online at the time because online was so new at that point. Yeah. Um. The first, I mean, like the first big DJ gig. I mean, I didn't even DJ. Like I was so I was such a homebody that most people were unaware of anything that I was even doing. Yeah, but how did you get plugged in, like, with Dibs and the 1,200 Hobos and all that shit? Like, how, is- Dude, the, the Dibs combo is a funny – It's a fun, that's a funny one. Um, so, more, te- more West Texas shit. Um, I went down to um, a city called Lubbock, where Texas Tech is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had a DJ, uh, like, a record, a record um, store slash skate shop that was right off the campus. And I picked up um, the twelve hundred hobos. It was Mr. Dibs and Alias. Um, what was the name of it? Uh, Turntable Scientifics. Uh, I know that tape very well. I almost broke that yeah. motherfucker. I listened to it so many times. It is, it's so fucking that. That I mean, that still today, it's one of the greatest fucking mixtapes of all time. It truly is, and people don't understand that. Like that record is what. Like, if it wasn't for that, like DJ Shadow and guys like that wouldn't have. Yep. That wouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. But on the back of that fucking tape that I bought was Dibs' fucking phone number. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. That's during that time. Yeah, right. yeah and I fucking, I fucking called him. I just fucking called him. <laughs> and I just, we started talking. I said, like, what are you using? And this motherfucker tells me, oh, like, I'm sampling. He had the, you know, you remember the Emacs? Oh, yeah. He well, Baldwin had a version of it that was like a little doper, apparently, but it was the same keyboard. And that's what Dibs was making all his beats on. So that's how we just started talking, man. And that's crazy. But several years later, we reconnected and it was just like. It wasn't one of those things like, do you want to be in the 1200 hobos? It was like, you're in the 1200 hobos. Uh, that's cool. So, Yo, man, yeah. phone phone numbers on the back of record covers and on on record labels and shit like that. That was a a, a instant dare. Oh, God, that it was really a, was. It was like, hey, here's my contact info. Call me. Yep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and yep. I, I don't think I've heard a bad story out of that shit. You know what I mean? Like personally, for me, that's how I got my first shit out on the West Coast, motherfuckers. Was mailing shit out, and the motherfucker just called us one day. Right, like, yo, what's up with this shit? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to fuck with y'all. What's happening? Well, shit. Uh, thanks it's- for calling. 
and you you can fuck with us. What you got, yep. man? That shit's fucking awesome, man. It's it's wild how much how how much more complicated the real world makes things. Right. If you just allow your ignorance and stupidity sometimes to let you get there. Right. Yeah, man. Got to get out of your own way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Pick up the goddamn landline and yeah. that rotary dial and <laughs> let me see yep. if this shit is real. Man. <laughs> that shit was fucking crazy, man. That was good, uh, some good was goddamn some good times. times. That was some good now times, you can man. block a motherfucker and all kinds of shit yeah, on exactly. your goddamn cell phone. You ain't got a landline. Yeah. I know I don't. No, I don't have. Well, I do have a. Well, I kind of have a landline. I have zero landline in the house. Yeah, I, I have a. I have a landline for my uh, for my offspring and my um <laughs> and my. See, I'm I'm trying to find places to drop this in. I have a landline so my offspring can use it if they need to call me. Mm. <laughs> Mix, you fucking with this? I am. You're fucking with it, aren't you? Because both my offspring have cell phones, so I don't need a landline. <laughs> And that's gender neutral, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Why, right, exactly. That's why it's offspring. I, I've been racking my brain today. I'm like, what what term can I use for my... <laughs> Spermatozoa. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. Oh, Lord. All right. Rob, I'm sorry, man. That's just, that's just, <laughs> no, that's just, that's just what happens here. Oh, Lord. Okay, so dibs. No. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny, Rob. I think I've seen that keyboard before because I... I uh, you know, Dibs is a, is a friend from way back. I, I can't I can't believe that you and I actually never crossed paths somehow. Because yeah, because John Doe always gets confused with the John Doe from the twelve hundred. Yeah, the John Doe from the twelve hundred hobos, <laughs> and uh, you know, Dibs used to always give me shit for that. You know, I was running around, uh, you know, the, the Midwest and the South with Egon and Count Count Base back in the day, and we were always going up to see Dibs, and we brought Dibs down to do a couple shows in Nashville in the late nineties and early two thousands, man. I don't, I don't know how we cross, how we didn't cross paths, but did you, did you ever go to the scribble jam stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah I, I can't believe we never crossed paths. Yeah. yeah that's ill. I, we, I, uh, I think I was there for the last four of them. Hey, Hey Rob, we even went, we even went to scrabble jam. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even remember that shit, do you? What was Scrabble Jam? I don't know that. <laughs> one of the was there a of, Scrabble Jam? Yeah, one of the dudes was kicked out of the Scribble Jam, uh, <laughs> shit, and decided to do his. Oh, own that's shit. when. I, oh, that's when. So it was he called his, sideways. He called it Scrabble Jam. Yeah, that's wow. Crazy. Yeah, yo, Rob, do you remember? <laughs> um, I remember a couple of Scribble Jams vividly. The one that bugs me out the most, and I know like a ton of people came through there, like Eminem and Juice and all this shit, right? But yeah. The one that bugs me out the most is to see Scratch Bastard doing his thing now. Dude, I remember mm-hmm. the first DJ battle I think he ever entered might have been it Scribble or something. Anyway, it was super early, and I remember he did this fucking Star Wars theme. Do you, were you yep. there for that one? I was there. I was on stage. Yep. Oh, wow. shit. Wow. Yo, yeah. man, that is so we dope. We were all standing around like, what in the fuck? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was crazy. That's dope. yeah. He was, he is like he's 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 probably one of the top turntablists in the world. No like doubt. If, I, I can't believe he doesn't. You know, like all DJs respect him and know him and know who he is. I wish the rest of the planet knew more about him. Yeah, totally. Because he's fucking incredible. 
He is incredible. He's been incredible for a long time too. Yeah, it's crazy. That's ill, man. I can't like that. The type of shit that they do, like, man, I can scratch a song into the next song. Like, that's about as much as I can fucking do. Yep, you're, that's that's about me, man. That's about me. I I, I know enough to be semi dangerous, but those guys are on some other shit, dude. Yeah, it's it's wild, completely wild. So, um, so Rob, I, I admittedly didn't didn't know about your your DJ background. So, I mean, most most of my background or reference with you is from a is from a producer standpoint, like. Would you feel mm-hmm. like you feel like that's probably what you're more well known for is your production? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely, okay. absolutely. Okay, it, I never really, I never really embraced the DJ thing. Like, I never really, I went on the road DJing for rappers, but it was never anything that I really built on. But the real passion piece for me was always making the music. Mm. Yeah, um, you made some great music too, man. We're talking about you know, brother Ali. Mm-hmm. Ray Skull, Don Will, and Von P, Tanya Morgan, Mr. Dibbs, Hangar 18, many mm-hmm. others. Like that's, you know, that's that's some good company right there. I've been really blessed, man. I'm not gonna lie. I've that's been really, really blessed. I've been put around really good people and just when you have good people and people make good music, sometimes it just works. That's what's up. No, For every one of those, there's a shit story behind something that didn't work, though. Oh, I believe, you know what I, mean? I believe <laughs> yeah. it. Would you like to share? Uh, is there is there one is there, there one go. is there one story in particular that just really sticks out? Shit wise, <laughs> man. There's <laughs> that's a, there's thousands. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm always the nice guy, so I'll just. You can I'll punt. Say no to you that. can punt. You can punt. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. We can punt on that. So, so Rob, I, I, I probably like really became probably more aware of you through a mutual friend of ours, Vanderslice. Yeah. Um. Just kind of over the years. Um. How did you and Vanderslice connect? What's the story behind that? That's got to be some some story, I'm sure. I'm sure there's, there's a media there's always... rare steak. Uh, <laughs> dinner, um, that story actually somewhere. starts at Scribble Jam. Wow. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Um, I became really good friends with Awar at Scribble Jam. Okay. And Icon the Mike King. Hmm. And yeah. they introduced um, Vanderslice and I at that point. Um, I did. I've to this day, Slice and I've never seen each other in person. Oh shit! Really? Wow. Everything has been everything has been internet and phone. Damn, that's like hell. it's never it's never been in person. Damn. Why do Why do you guys connect so well, man? I think it's just because we both. I think we're both assholes. Okay. Um, All right. And we both just have a a real love for authentic things. Hmm. Authenticity um, has its place for sure. I think it's, you know, there's the, there's the passion piece behind, you know, like the sampling and digging for records and finding that, finding that thing that nobody's heard before, you know, and then flipping it because, you know, he and I will go back and forth with stuff that like he'll, he'll find stuff that I didn't even know existed. And mm-hmm. he'll hit me to things that I didn't know existed. And, and likewise, you know, vice versa. It was just, we just respected each other that, I, I don't even, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. You know, like just when you, when you know, you can, you hit it off with somebody and you just right. can talk, 
yeah, and just be real with them. He and I have been like that since the since day one. Yeah, yeah. Awar and Vanders, Awar and Icon were like, you need to talk to this guy, and so we just started talking. This was instant messenger, eight uh, AOL instant messenger. Oh yeah, that's how I met Vanderslice. Was on the fucking internet. Yeah. I don't even know how. I think yeah. Oh no, I know how. Mr. Lawson introduced me to uh uh to Mr. Yeah, Lawson. Mr. Man. Lawson, damn, that's a fucking name that I haven't said in a while. Right. Yeah, Mr. Lawson. I don't know why he introduced me to this guy. <laughs> but uh, you know, we just fucking hit it off. And I, this is right around when Meet John Doe came out. Mm. And uh he was just asking me mad fucking questions. Mm. And uh yeah, we just kind of hit it off and he was on some record show. I mean, it kind of sounds like your story a little bit, Rob. He was just real it's, fucking It's identical. He's just a good dude. Yeah, he is a good dude. No I mean, for, for all the shit talking and all the, no you doubt. know, all yeah. the crazy shit that, you know, he he's always been on. Yeah. He's really a fucking good dude at the end of the day. Really yeah, I is. believe it. He really And is. his new album is oh, incredible. Man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah. We um we were lucky enough to get we interviewed him and Greensteeds about a year ago now. Mm-hmm. God, was it a year ago, Meeks? I, I guess it was. So. And we were lucky enough. He hit us off with a couple joints early. Yeah. And uh man, it's just so dope to see that project finally. Yeah, we hit. knew that shit was gonna be crazy then. Yeah, man. The best it's, it's the best record money can buy. The best it's album. Really the best album yeah, money can the buy. The best album money can buy, yeah. Best album money can buy. Crazy. Yeah. So that so, Freddie so, joint on there is insane. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. Um, so Rob, this is probably a good segue because you you and Vanderslice are are both you know known for your kind of your 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 love and affinity of uh you know like uh, library records. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about Kersey and Castle, man, because um, okay. I'd like to know you know what the genesis for for all this is, and we haven't really talked about it. I don't think on the show yet. Set the stage for what. Cursing and castles about and what you're trying to do with this thing. Um, so like you said, I mean, I discovered library records, you know, probably around the time everybody else was kind of discovering them late nineties, early two thousands. And it was just, there was something about like the grittiness and it was, it was like, okay, you could see Charles Bronson shooting somebody to this. Right. It was, it was just those vibes. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And my my thought process behind what I'm doing now is that eventually, like, you can only get so many KPM records, you know, yep. from that era that's good. Yep. There's only so many of loops that you can use before somebody goes, you know, I've heard that before. I've heard that before. Yep. So... I wanted to I wanted to capture that vibe and be able to continue doing it but on my own my own level, you know? I wanted to be able to sample myself and have people go, "Where the fuck did you get that? Where are they sampling?" I want those guys from who sampled to be freaking out that they can't find out where that fucking sample came from. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the whole that was the whole process in my head. Like I just want to when I tell people, that, no, that's not a sample, I want them to be like, you're a fucking liar. Right. <laughs> right. And I've literally spent the last year, year and a half of my life honing that and figuring it out. Um, and I, I picked the name Kersey and Castle because it's two of my favorite characters of all time. You've got Paul Kersey, Death Wish, and you've ah. got Frank Castle, the Punisher. Ah. 
So I just use Cursing Castle, and it appears like there's multiple people involved, but it's just me. That's dope. I mean, it even sounds library, you know, esque. Right, because mm-hmm. I was just and trying I, to think about. Hit, uh, I, I told the band slice, I said, "Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is the name," and he gave me the thumbs up, so I knew I was on the right path. Right. I was just trying to think of the the library shit that we was fucking with sound sound. Um, oh, Boosie, Boosie and Hawk, Boosie and Hawk. Yeah, does that sound right? Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah, that library shit, man. It's dope. Hell so, yeah. so, so, Rob, when did the first one? Because I, I remembered it's just been a couple months since even the first one came out. But you, you been, you've been yeah. hitting folks in the head with like one every other month or so, right? Or yeah, um, I've been stacking these volumes probably for the last six months. Okay. And just bouncing them off people to see if like if the vibe was right, you know, like did do you think this does this feel like something that you would sample and things? And I got to the point where you know, like you trash a whole bunch of stuff because a lot of stuff just doesn't hit, right? Yep. Um, and it got to the point where I was, you know, like I would throw the homie Stu Bangers a couple of joints, and he'd be like, "Yo, man, these are crazy." Mm. And then then he'd sample them and flip them and put them on Instagram, like, "Yo." check these out and people were losing their mind about it. Wow. So I was like, mm. okay, well maybe there's something here. Cause initially I was just doing it to stack a whole bunch of stuff. And then when I finally was ready to start making beats again, I would have a whole bunch of stuff ready to go that I could sample myself. Now, so is there, is, was, was there like a business oriented reason that you did this too? Um, no, no it, it wasn't because you wanted to transition to making sample free shit or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it was never like, Ooh, look at the royalties I could get for this or the publishing rights that I could get from this. Okay. Or like, I won't have to clear a sample ever again. Right. It, it wasn't that at all. It was just, I'm, I'm you know, like you can only get so many library records before you have them all, you know, Mm -hmm. and chasing the, chasing the vibe, you know, like I didn't, maybe it's a little internalizing that I didn't want to lose that feeling because when I, when I create one that I feel like is, along those lines, it feels like that to me. Like I found that loop. I found that, that thing that nobody has right. discovered yet. Yeah. There, there was, no, you know, at no point was like, you know, we were just talking about cursing castle. Like at no point did I like, did I think about that at first? It wasn't until I started, you know, floating stuff to Stu and to sea Lance and even to, to Vanderslice, you know, before people start going, you know, like, Hey, maybe you should, you know, look at doing this. Hmm. And so I just, I mean, it was one of those, it was another one of those things. I just reached out to the guy that runs Drum Broker and I was like, Hey, I got this stuff. What do you think? And he heard the first one. He's like, yo, this is crazy. Let's put it out. Wow. Yeah, and some different shit too, right? I mean, like everybody's not on that. Uh, yeah, it's that, very, I mean, let's not be, let's not joke. I mean, let's be real about it. It's a very niche market. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Okay. You're just making hand over money hand over fist doing this stuff, but that's not why I do it, you know? Sure. Yeah. And they have a very aggressive release schedule, and I just happen to have stacks of this stuff ready to go. That's crazy. So, you, you mean Drum Broker has an aggressive release yeah. schedule? Okay. Yep. You mean just across the board, or that's just what they like to do with the artists that they put out? Or the packs well, they I put think, out? Well, I, I think it's along the lines of like, hey, you're new. Let's keep it in people's face for a little bit okay. and see what happens. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Rob was the uh I don't want to market, so I'm probably gonna slow it down a little bit. Right. 
was the uh was the low clearance beat tape um inspiration for the sound library series um i would say so i mean that was the very first that was the very first one that was like okay i'm not gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna see if i can do this all on my own without mm-hmm. sampling hmm. nice and, I'd, and now that you said that, I'd totally forgotten that I'd even put that out. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, hey. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you know, sometimes we say smart things. Most of the time we don't. I'm reading. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm totally reading the script right now. <laughs> Meeks is reading the script. <laughs> Meeks just plucked that out of the prep notes that I put together yesterday. John's mad because I beat him. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. You know, drop, that's drop awesome. The, drop, drop I'm glad you brought that up because I'd totally forgotten about that. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Low clearance beat tape from 2017. Yeah. Shit. I want to ask you about uh, progress. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because where am I? Pardon me. Oh, the Cambodian joint. Yeah. Like uh, that's that's what piqued my interest on that. Um, when I saw you did this for the people of Cambodia, um, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about that and pronounce uh, Khmer Rouge. Is that Khmer Rouge? Khmer Rouge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is a pretty cool story. Let's get. I'll it. just. I'll just put that. I'll just say that. Let's go. Right. Um, my fiance is first generation American. She's uh, half half Cambodian, half Chinese, and um, without getting too crazy specific, her mother's Chinese, raised in Cambodia. During um, the the mid seventies to late seventies, um, a group of people called the Khmer Rouge uh, ran by a, a uh, dictator named Well, I don't even know if we call him a dictator, just a monster named Pol Pot, um, took over Cambodia and killed all the educated people, killed all the musicians. It's just, it's really, really wild. And and we don't hear about it in the history books in the States. And I'm, I didn't know anything about it until, um, she and I met 16 years ago. What year is this? I didn't know anything. Um, that this, that this happened. Um, 74. Oh, wow. Okay. 74, 75. I mean, I think, I think it's 75. I think it's 75 is when it, when it came to a head. Um, Dude, I was you have to, years old. we'd have to dig in deeper on that, but, um, <laughs> born yet. being that nobody, I, I was unaware. And I was like, well, if I didn't know anything about it, there's gotta be other people that didn't know about it. Absolutely. And my fiance's father gave me these records that he had gotten out of Cambodia when everything went down. Um, and I, I have them to this day in my collection and they're, they're, they're in essence, they're Cambodian library records. Oh shit. And needless to say, if he had been caught with those, he would have been murked too. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Um, so they're like, they're like, they're super, like they're, they're super important to me. And, you know, just because they allowed me to get, um, close to them and, and, and really know about the history of what happened to them and the horrors that they witnessed. Like it's, it's, it's insane. So I wanted to do something to raise awareness to what had happened there. So we, we, um, 
I asked, you know, I asked my fiance, I was like, do you think it would be all right if I did a project where I sampled this stuff, you know, and, and labeled the song specific dates mm. or, or cities? Um, like the, the first progress record, all the, all that, all the songs are, um, cities in Cambodia. Okay. Um, and then the second progress record is all, uh, important dates of Cambodian history. Wow. Okay. Um, and the, the, both those records I've put out through rappers, I know.com. Okay. Um, and we put them out just to raise awareness of what was going on or what had happened in Cambodia. That's dope. That is dope. That's dope. That's super dope. I like that, man. I'm not up and on that's that. How I, uh, that's how I met uh, Vaughn P. Okay. Because he's on the first record. Now, is that is that record. the connection to, to, to like Ninth and all that too? With, um, I don't know, that kind of like that, that DJ click he had for a while there or no? Um, that, that connection came through um, my buddy Jay Clip. <laughs> who was a DJ out here. Oh, okay. He's from uh, Jackson, Mississippi. He, um, that's where y'all know who Gensu Dean is. Oh yeah. Yeah. We know yeah. Gensu's a home. That's where, that's where Gensu's from. There's most, most of the amazing, respectable people that I know come from Jackson, Mississippi in the music business. Gensu Dean um, is from Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was running around with fucking uh with, with fucking David Banner and all those fucking man, guys the back fuck in there. Yeah, man. man. Yep, 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 yep. That motherfucker might be my cousin. Man. He might. <laughs> <laughs> I bullshit you not. No, man. I know, I know. We laugh, but I mean, he could be. I did man. not know that. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, that's that's why Gensu ended up doing. You know, he's done a few joints here and there for Dave over the past little bit. That is crazy. Yeah. Rob yep. didn't didn't uh didn't didn't um didn't Gensu work on like some of Banner's like first demo tapes and shit or no? Yeah, man. Yeah, like they got they got they got a catalog together. Yeah, they go That's back. Crazy. Yeah, they go back, Meeks. They go back big time. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. Banner's one of those dudes that if you listen to, I can't I, just for the life of me, I can't remember what the group was that he was in. Crooked Letters. Crooked Letters. Crooked Letters. Yeah. Yep. I want to say Dean did some music for them. Yeah, I think he did. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Banner could go on anything, and him over Dean stuff is incredible. Yeah, man. Gensu, I would like to apologize, man. We are going to make that happen. (laughs) We got to interview him. We really do. This is totally off subject (laughs) right now, but a sincere apology. I'm so sorry. (laughs) We another, got, we he's got another you. great guy. Yeah, we got you, homie. He is a great guy. We we bumped into Dens, uh, Gensu uh, quite a few times. Always been cool. Um, you know what I'm saying? And uh, we just got to make that happen. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, man. I yeah, swear he's... I didn't know. Talk about a motherfucker that just makes beats on an SP. That guy right there. Yeah, holy shit. Yo, he had some shit on... <laughs> either IG or Facebook a couple months ago that was yeah, man. ridiculous. Yo, and that shit that he did with that cat fucking uh, 730. Is he from Dallas? Uh, uh, no, 730 is from Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, he's from Jackson too. Damn. He's also one of my oh. close friends. Oh, is he really? Wow. Yep. Oh, yeah, man. There was, didn't they do an album or they did... Was it an album yeah, they did, the, Rob? The seven thirty record that came out that had, uh, I think most of most of seven thirty stuff has either Dean sprinkled in there or all Dean. 
So like the album that he did that had Sean Price on it. Right. That was all. I'm pretty sure that was all Dean. That's crazy. Yeah, I just remember when they fucking, they dropped that video, that, that video that's black and white. Um, yeah. You know, crazy you, mount you, you know what I'm talking about? That yeah. shit is wild. Yeah. Were they walking is, in Brooklyn? Yeah. No, no, is, no, no. Uh, are you talking about the one with Sean Price or are you talking about the one where they're on the, the, the park bench? Yeah, the park bench shit. Yeah, not not the one with Sean P. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yo, man. 730 is like probably one of the most underrated rappers in the game right now. Yo, he's super, super fucking talented. Super talented. Yeah, he's insane. Again, so yep. we got you. Yeah, man. Uh, so Rod, this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but when, when mm-hmm. did you, when did you figure out, like, I know you were going to New York, like back in the day, you know, you were going, you were up there, you were buying records, probably buying rap records and whatnot. But when did you figure out Texas had records? Cause you had at some point, like you probably, oh, yeah. when did you figure that out? Cause Texas has, well, had records, I guess they still have them, but when did you figure out you were in just the middle of just a massive outstanding? a massive state with just tons of dope shit just everywhere. Um, I was pretty early to be honest with you. Like, like I said, my father was really, really supportive of everything and he would hit me to things. And like my, my, my dad's like collection of records was insane. I inherited those when he passed away, but he would, he would, you know, like when we'd be listening to things, he, he would point out like, Oh, this, this, this drummer, he's from Texas, or this bass player, he's from Texas. I was I was pretty aware of the talent that came out of Texas. I was probably a teenager when I realized that the digging world in Texas was heavy. Gotcha. You gotcha. could walk you could walk into you could walk into any record store, not particularly in the panhandle, but like if if we were visiting friends and family, you know, like down in San Antonio or in Austin, those record stores, you would find, you know, like the soul records and stuff that I didn't, that, that weren't up where I was at at the time. And there would be side, there would be sections that would say like Texas soul. Right. Or, you know, Texas big band music, you know, like, like the, 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 the high school bands. And yeah. Stuff. Cashmere and shit like that. And yeah. Yeah. So it was, I, it was pretty early when I figured that out. Um, you know, and at the time, you know, like you, you kind of take advantage of it you don't really, take pride in that type of stuff. Cause you're so young, but Texas has, Texas has some history, man. Like it really does on a music level. Well, for sure. Black music out of Texas. That time period is fucking incredible. That's dude. what's up. I mean, fucking incredible. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, before I the digging really started popping off, you know, like where people were like, there's stories of, of guys like ripping, certain pages out of phone books so that other people would know where the record stores were. Oh, wow. yeah, fucking T-Ray. Like, fucking T-Ray yeah. did that shit. <laughs> um, there was yeah. a time where you could, like, you could literally go down to Houston and come up on, like, some of the dopest records you've ever heard in your life that no one had ever heard of before because they were, like, small labels that were only in Houston. And, man... You, I mean that that shit doesn't exist anymore because the the internet just destroyed that whole fucking yeah, world. Yeah, but that's totally, crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, I watched that bits was, and pieces of that uh, that Cashmere uh, documentary. Uh, I have yet to see the whole thing, but I would love to. I met um, I met Conrad Johnson or O Johnson, Something Conrad like that, Johnson, yeah. 
E and I, Egon and I took a trip to Texas and we actually went to his house wow. for the first wow. time. Wow. The first time that E met him, it was me and Egon. We went to fucking, uh, me and E went to fucking New Orleans. And uh, no, 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 no. We flew to Texas. We met up with the R from Chaotix in mm-hmm. Houston. Russell, well, took, shout out the R. Yeah, or shout out to the R. We, we interviewed him a God, a couple years ago. Yeah, we meet. Yeah, yeah. And fucking, you know, Russell, he, he would appreciate this if he heard it. But he, he took us around to some spots, but he didn't take us to the spot spots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, 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 we went over to Shreveport and hit up this crazy little distributor, actually, that was real dope. And then, um, anyway, somehow Egon finagled his way into fucking Conrad's house. And it was me and Russell and fucking Vic. The Mighty VIC was actually, he came out for the trip too. Wow. And we went to Conrad's for the yeah. fir- fucking first time, man. It was in fucking sane. That's dude. dope. Dude, I, I can only imagine the story you have behind that. Oh, that God, it's crazy. That's dope. It's crazy. I, you know, funny enough, I went to see that movie. Um, I went to see that movie by myself. I can't, I don't know why I went to see it, but I saw, you know where I saw it, man? Fucking random. I saw it at the, the fucking Magic Johnson joint. Uh, and at Greenbrier? Yeah, that was the only... <laughs> the, dude, that was the only place they were... Are you serious? Yeah, that's the only place they were showing it in oh, Atlanta. wow. And I I went randomly one night by myself, man. And dude, dude, that theater looked like a haunted house right now. Yo, man. Uh, but that, that would have been open at that time, right? When it came out? Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yo, man, I was in that fucking... Yeah, when they they got to the end of the movie and shit, and he mm. passed, dude. I'm fucking, I'm fucking in there, balling up, fucking shedding tears in that motherfucker, wow. man. I'm just, cause wow. I, I just remember meeting, I remember meeting him and just that whole thing. Dude, you probably was the only motherfucker. In I the was theater. the only motherfucker. I was in there watching that movie by myself, fucking crying at the end of that goddamn movie. Wow, <laughs> wow. I couldn't take it, man. It was just too much. That was just like. That would that th- th- that movie was like the the just like just the bow around like about four to five years of my life. It mm-hmm. just it just brought back so many memories yeah. of that time. I just couldn't take it at the fucking end of it, man. That's dope as shit. Anyway, goddamn, how we get off on no, that? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, dope. anyway, that was dope though. Anyway, man. So so mm. <laughs> so um, but I mean, they're still digging out there now, though, Rob. Right. Like you can still oh, get, yeah. you can I still mean, come you know, up like, on some that's shit still out a thing, there. but it's just not like it used to be. It's yeah, I mean, you know, like I hate to be the old guy that's sitting in the corner, like you remember back in my day. Oh, we're old guys. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> yeah, all old guys here. That's all right. It's, it's, it's that's very the much whole that, premise you know? of this show. <laughs> that's the whole premise of this show. <laughs> Hell yeah, we the old motherfuckers, man. <laughs> that's trying to that's trying to keep our finger on the pulse or whatever the fuck this is. <laughs> Do y'all have like half price books out there? Uh, more or less. What's it called, Meeks? Um, oh shit, they got they got one in Decatur. They got one. I actually they got one out here on Roswell Road too. It's called uh, it's not half price books, but it's it's something like that, Rob. It's kind of like well, a those chain. half price books is kind of like oh, they're all over Dallas, and I think they're I think they're like in Austin and stuff too, but. These guys were not hip to record get the record game at all, probably like ten years ago. So you could walk in, you know, and, and occasionally you'd pick a gem, you know, that was like five or six bucks for like a 
CTI library join or, you know, like maybe some, maybe some, maybe a skulls, you know, break or something, you know, like something that would, that would go for kind of high value, you know, you would, you would pick those out of there for like five or six bucks. Mm. And then out of nowhere, these guys figured out what they figured out that they were, that they had value and like just destroyed the fucking digging game in Dallas, like just completely tanked it. Single hand. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the fuck the 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 record game period is just fucked up because big time now because all the fucking hipsters are buying record players and yo, dude, I I, literally the only place I go to dig now is at the fucking Goodwill. That's it. I can't go to a record store because they're charging like twenty five dollars for a beat up copy of Thriller. I mean, it's crazy, man. Oh my god! I literally, I was just about to say that. Like they're charging like premium for Thriller. Phones off. What? Oh, it's bad, dude. Yeah, it's rough. (laughs) It's crazy, man. I've got in in in, in, damn where I live because I got to talk anonymously about that too. I I can't talk about where I live anymore, (laughs) other than it's in the metropolitan area of Atlanta. But I've never had so that, many. That means I got to change the IG posts and everything. Oh, we got to change everything, man. It's, it's oh, a big this deal. Is fucked it's up. A... <laughs> but I've never had so many record stores so close to me, yet not want to go to them in my entire life because they're just, you know, it's, trash, it's not man. worth it. Yeah. Oh god. Damn, that's it's crazy. Tra- curly mustache handlebar dudes ruined the game, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yes. With typewriters. Goddamn Discogs. <laughs> Them and Discogs actually fucking and, ruined it all. And I French press started. coffee makers. <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right. Let's talk about some positive With your shit. shop, your thrillers. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rob, what's uh, bring up, bring us forward, man. What What's what's the newest, latest, and, and, and what's around the corner? Um, for the foreseeable future, I'm this Kersey and Castle thing is where I'm focusing all my energy. Um, I haven't, and this is, this is crazy, but I haven't made a beat and probably a, like an actual beat. I, I haven't made one in probably a year hmm. since I dropped shoot the messenger. I, I probably haven't made anything. How you feel about that? I'm okay with it. Okay. I'm okay with it. You know, sometimes you you have different places in your life where things make sense and some things don't make sense. Absolutely. And after shoot the messenger came out, I had a, you know, like it was a really, really crazy time for me. Cause I, it was another one of those experiences where like, if somebody had told me that I could have just reached out to little fame and I could have had a record with him, you know, 20 years ago, it wouldn't have been a problem. God knows where I'd be, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> um, but I made the record that I always wanted to make. And so it was like, what's the next step for me? So this is what it is. You know, cursing castle is what it is. I do have, I do have two, two more, two more records in a holding pattern right now that, um, underground hip hop.com is going to be putting out. Um, it'll be, um, I've got a joint with, um, big twins and sky zoo. Nice. And um, then a remix of the uh, Conway and AR joint off of Shoot the Messenger. Okay. And that'll be coming out probably on a, a seven inch via undergroundhiphop.com. Shouts out to UGHH. Yeah, man. Yep. That's ill. Yeah, Rob, I read somewhere where you said that Shoot the Messenger was like 
basically a culmination of 15 years of, I don't know, you honing your craft or. Yeah. Did it was. It, did it I, really I take you 15 it, like, years to put that record together? Mm, I, I mean, you said no. that shit, but it <laughs> no, just, it just no. felt like that. It, no, no. What it was was that, you know, like 15 years of being really focused on trying to do something in the music business. Right. And then finally everything aligns itself together and yeah. it works. Finally. That's nice. I got yeah, it. Yeah, work, so, man. That project got some good burn too, Rob. A lot of motherfuckers playing that it shit. It did. I am. Um, and it's funny because I, I, I do this on occasionally. I'll do something like that works and then it doesn't sound right to me. So I pull it like you can't hear that record anywhere, but except on Bandcamp now. Oh, wow. Okay. So I, I pulled it off of all streaming and everything because I didn't, there's a couple of things on it that I didn't really like. And so like perpetually, I'll probably be remixing it in my, in my head forever yeah. until I'm comfortable with it. Then I'll put it out again as a remix project or something. Really? Huh? Gotcha. Interesting. All yeah. right. It's, it's so, a problem that I have. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's not a problem, man. You're a fucking genius, man. And, and, and anybody that says otherwise should be slapped in their motherfucking face. Um, well, I appreciate. We appreciate. We appreciate you, man. You you no one doubt. of us. You know what yeah, I'm you're saying? You're a motherfucker, man. Yeah, right no here. doubt. No you doubt. one of us, and we, and we see it for that, and 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 that's the end of it. Hey, hey, Rob. Uh, so, where can yeah. they go? Where can they go? Uh, cop the the library records again. Um, CurseyandCastle.com. Okay, it's where everything is available. Um, you can also get them through Drum Broker. Okay. Um, and there's, there's three volumes, right? So there's Music for Silencers, yeah, Volume volumes. One and Two, and then there's Smuggle Music. Now, Smuggle Music is more like, um, kind of like Sonic's, uh, like. There's not really. There's no drums. There's like it's more like synth kind of oriented, right? Is that accurate? Or? Yeah. Um, so, mu- uh, music for silencers, volume one and two, were more based on like the '70s and '80s library stuff, right? Um, smuggle music or smuggle anthems. I'm sorry, smuggle anthems is more like Scarface music. Like it's it's synthy. It's it's dark and eerie, but it's, it's more like, you remember that, like the, the B movie, like drug, drug Lord, drug cartel movies yeah. back in the eighties, yeah. like smuggling dope across state lines through fucking, you know, Cessnas. Like that's, <laughs> that's what smuggle anthems is, is like, if you listen to it, like even the titles for the songs, single engine, a, a twin engine. <laughs> Well, single if you don't want to get picked up by the feds. Right. <laughs> I just wanted to be clear on that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. That that was a that was a quiz, Rob. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I would only ask you that question because I live near a uh, regional airport. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> all right so they can cop them there and then hopefully we'll see a couple more volumes i guess here before the year's yeah, out I've right got, i've got two more music uh music for silencers coming out so i don't know i don't want to put dates on them because i don't know what they want to do with those um i've got lots of stuff with sea lance you know you guys know sea lance yes um let's see here jedi mind kind of affiliated mm-hmm. right yeah, he does lots of stuff for Vinny. Yeah. Um, I've got lots of stuff with him coming shortly. Okay, with, dope. 
stuff. All right, beautiful. So, All right. Yeah. So what what uh Instagram, Twitter is what? Um it's the Cursing Castle Instagram, Rob Victim Instagram. I'm on Twitter sometimes, but mostly mostly Instagram. Okay, dope. All right, beautiful. All right, What's man. Up, Rob? Well, Rob, any last parting words, man? Any advice? Want to tell anybody yours. to go fuck themselves? Yeah. This, this is your time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just thank you guys for the opportunity. Um, it's been awesome. Thank you. Word. Yeah, thank you. All right. All right. Word. Hell yeah. All right. Hold tight, Rob. We'll wrap it up. Man, Rob Victim. Yeah, man. Good one. Real good one. I enjoyed it. I love talking to producers. Well, I mean, he's not only That's producer. That's my fault. He's, he's one of us. Yes, he is. You know is. what I'm saying? Across the board. He yes, from, he is. He's from the South. And, you know, it's it's Texas, but it's still the South. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Cowboy hat, spurs, <laughs> uh, chaps, Cadillacs with the horns on them. Like he said, he's one of us, and, and, we, and, we, and we look out for our own. Good old Rob. Good old Rob victim. <laughs> I want to tell you what, break out the brisket. Oh, man, look what I got on tonight. I already know it, man. I didn't even, I didn't do this intentionally. Rob, real quick. Are you still there, Rob? Yeah, I'm here. Yo, you know what shirt I got on right now? We rocking. Black's Barbecue. Lockhart, Texas, and Austin, Texas. Boy, this is some fucking barbecue for your ass. Man, you know, Yo, but, we, you know, you know about black. I was talking about barbecue. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, okay. Oh shit! Now look, <laughs> I don't recognize no Texas barbecue. I'm from Memphis. That's right. Y'all It'd be a battle. At, y'all getting in some no, real it. bad territory right now. I, I get it. I get it. I love some Memphis barbecue too, though. Like I'm a, I'm a purveyor of all meats. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you and Vander Slice get get uh, get get along so well. Vander well. Slice is a purveyor of all steaks. He don't yeah. know about meat, but you put a steak in front of that motherfucker, it's over. Roots Chris all day. <laughs> it is over. It's over, man. Oh lord. All right. All right. We're really out of here this yeah, time. Let's Rob, go. Let's Rob, go. Thank let's you, go. man. DJ John Doe. Cappuccino. Eddie Cappuccino, South Memphis, East Mac Lamore, Meeks. That's me. This is twice a week. This is at Smithsonian grade. Guggenheim. This is at Guggenheim grade. Yeah. Tell a friend. We're out. We out. Peace. Peace.